Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with bassist and composer Harley Magsino. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello and welcome to San Diego Sessions, episode 25. I'm your host, Ian Tordella. And I'm also your host, Ed Kornhauser. This is our last episode of season one, but as usual, we are here talking about jazz in San Diego. Uh, We're talking about new music, original compositions, and featuring artists from around the scene. We're giving you our inside perspective on the San Diego scene, which also means our, our incredibly biased perspective Right. We, uh, we definitely have opinions, and we play with everybody, so we can't help it. It's a small scene here. Everyone plays with everyone, which brings us to our next subject. Uh, we just heard an extended version of our theme song, which features on, on the bass our guest today, Harley Magsino. Hello, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's early yeah, morning. Just a bit. Just a hair. We all have stuff to do today, so we've got to knock this out early. Yeah. <laughs> so before we start grilling Harley with the tough questions, I have a few pressing issues to address with my co-host, Ed Kornhauser. Oh, no. Press an ish away. This is our usual segment called This Versus That. These are two musicians or figures of note. Again, because they, they can't be the same thing. Those could never be the same thing. And Ed will have to pick one and only one. First up, drummer Billy Hart versus drummer Billy Cobham. And incidentally, they're around the same age. They were both born in the early 40s and sort of came to prominence in the late 60s and and in the 70s. Wow, that's tough because they're both pretty... I mean, Billy Cobham is super influential uh, to a lot of guys I know. And his projects are, you know, super important to a lot of music that came after. But my own personal taste, I'm going to go with Billy Hart, but no disrespect to Billy Cobham, obviously. But... uh, all right. Billy Hart, Billy I Hart. choose you. <laughs> I just made a Pokemon reference. Okay, next one. Let's see if I can spit spit all this stuff out. Next one. B- 
Baroness Kathleen Annie Pananica de Koningswater. Oh, good Lord. A.K.A. What? Nika, Nika. Koningswater, yeah. uh, subject of Nika's Dream, ah, a patron of jazz. Yes. And at the time, she was a member of the Rothschild family, one of the richest families in the world in the 1930s uh, and, and beyond, versus acclaimed pianist Kenny Barron. Wow, so, that's a stretch. Baroness Nika Koningswater, <laughs> dude. Wow. Or Kenny Barron making Kenny Barron is at least making his second appearance on this versus that. So this is what like scraping the bottom of the barrel looks like. It's uh, called recycling. Okay, no fair play. Yeah. No, I dig it. I dig it. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, we need more patrons of the arts and especially in jazz these days. And uh, you know, having someone around now today like Nika would be amazing or Panonica. Um, that would be incredible. However, uh, Kenny Barron is one of my all-time favorite pianists. He's one of my all-time favorite composers. Uh, he's still around. He's still doing it. Um, I love Kenny Barron, so I'm going to go Kenny Barron. All right, Kenny Barron. Okay, here's the last one, and this this is a good one. Uh, is it? You know, I have to. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, iconic <laughs> for this segment. Iconic, legendary San Diego guitarist and friend of the podcast, Michael Borowski. Versus mm. New York City-based jazz pianist David Kakowski. That is good. I'll <laughs> I'll give you that. That is good. Um, I love David Kakowski's playing. Uh, I've I've, got, I've had him on a few records that I listened to. I had him on a few records I listened to when I was coming up, so I I kind of got familiar with his sound. And he's a monster. And uh, incidentally. Michael Borowski is a member of the Ed Kornhauser organ trio. Right. Yeah. So yes. you're just right. really you're keeping me honest here. Mike is a local uh, San Diego jazz guitar player, also a member of the United States Marine Corps as a as a guitar player. I recently found out, sadly, he's uh, going to be uh, shipping out soon. Oh wow! Really? At the end of this, not soon, but you know, oh man, six seven months. I think in August, oh. at the end of the summer. You know, he's government property, so right. he's. He's uh he's being restationed to Okinawa. That's not a cool place. Yeah, like actually place. It, it is. And his wife's Japanese. Um Mike is a Mike's a killer player. He's very well-rounded. He does everything and he puts in the work and he just impresses me on like a daily basis. So I'm going to go with Michael Borowski. All right. He's a he's really he's great. He's plays classical guitar he plays like fusion stuff he plays straight ahead he just rock he kind of is a, one of the most like well-rounded dudes i've ever met and is super cool and chill and is just a stellar human being on top of it all right that was ed kornhauser with this versus that I, i've also heard that david kakowski's kind of weird so that also influenced my decision <laughs> on a personal level on a personal level yeah <laughs> somebody was telling me about him that he's just one of these or he's just sort of an oddball and one of those dudes who just lives and breathes music which would you think would be cool, but like literally that's all he does. I heard Thelonious Monk was kind of weird, but I still listen to him. Yeah, no, that, I still listen to, <laughs> I, still li I still listen to uh, Kukowski. I've just heard like in person he's a bit odd. Well, thank you for joining us, Harley. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It should be fun. Yeah, I'm stoked. To, I'm stoked to, stoked to get the interview. Um, you have a, one of, you've, you've put together one of the most interesting piano trios. I mean, you're the bassist and you're the leader, so it's, but right, it's yeah. still a piano trio at its at its core, uh, called HM3. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and HM3 is actually, it's it's out, obviously my name is a trio, but it's also later on I found out that it's a I think it's a part of a military roster sheet or something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which is which is cool. Yes, and then it's um, it's basically um, 
um, standard. I mean, I wouldn't say standard music, but my compositions in 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 not so out stuff, but a little bit more in the standard patterns. But because of you know the piano player playing, it really changes it up a, a lot. And the pianist in question that you're talking about is a former podcast guest, Joshua White. That is correct. And, and what he brings on the table really shapes the sound, the the tunes in general, like harmonically, rhythmically, um, whatever I compose, it's not going to sound the way I hear it. It's going to sound how we would play it together, which is it's pretty amazing.
And you were just listening to Relocation, Dislocation from the HM3, a.k.a. the Harley Magsino Trio. And that featured friend of the podcast, Joshua White on the keys, uh, Charles Thomas Weller on the drums and cymbals, and Harley Magsino on the electric bass. Um, when did you guys get together? In there? Uh, at one of those parties. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> remember you, those parties? Oh, I remember those parties. We used to live together, full yes. disclosure. So we just, I, I guess... At one of those jams, me and Joshua and Charlie just ended up playing together as a trio, and it was just it just sounded good. And at that time, I had that you know I had that sound in my head. I was like, "Whoa, okay, I think this is gonna work." And then from then, I started writing tunes based on that sound. Also, harmonically, how I hear things, you know, not just I want to get that sound using the tunes that I'm writing. I dig it, and kind of what you were saying earlier. Joshua will bring so much of his voice to the to the table. Like yes, he, exactly. He does. He he really fills out everything in his own way, the way he feels in the moment. Right. And then and then Charlie has this like I think innate ability to yeah. Charlie's just amazing. whatever whatever band he's playing in. He yeah. just he makes it sound like that's 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 his group. That's right. Exactly. He, and 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 Joshua is just such a strong player that you know um it's such an inspiration sometimes when we play we go to a different direction because he hears it and we both hear it and then we just go for it and and it, it's it's kind of cool it's it's really cool it's always an, a great experience playing with that trio because we practice it what we practice is never going to sound on when we play on stage because it's it's always we're always searching for that sound in the moment I think that's good. I mean, especially when you're doing more arranged music right. and unique music. You're not just playing standards that can go any way. Right. Yeah. You're doing more arranged original music mm-hmm. and just to still be have that to still rather have that option to just Right, exactly. To just make a left turn in Albuquerque yes. and go over here. Um is really cool. Yeah, and and, and I like it when when somebody makes a turn. Uh, if we don't all catch it, eventually we will catch it. But mm. it's I just like that freedom of of being able to move instantaneously you know as a as a composer what are some of your your influences um besides 80s music <laughs> besides 80s music you're right recently uh for big stuff i i i got into a japanese composer named joe hisaishi oh right. and he writes miyazaki. for miyazaki films and all his music is basically you know very dreamy and you know big orchestral stuff but really, like sing-songy melodies, right? Exactly. Really nice, like yeah. pretty tunes. It's and, stick in your head. Yeah, and that's 
that's how I, I mean, that's melodic and harmonic composition. That's how I base it from. And then um, rhythmically, it's all going to be based on like 80s, 90s, 2000 pop music Grooves. in general. Grooves, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's basically how all my influences are. Well, and some, yeah. some of your music I know that I've played with you, I think you've taken inspiration from like visual mediums. We did that one. Exactly, yes. Yeah, one gig at SDSU where we actually had a projector set right, up and it yeah. was playing, it was so long ago, it was playing yeah. anime or something. Yes, it's an anime. So. That well, it was a double quartet recital, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a double quartet, right. it's a big band. And then we had, it was the inspiration for that. It's kind of like a eight uh, movement or seven movement suite. And it's inspired by this uh, uh, anime or manga writer named Junji Ito, and he wrote. He he basically did a lot of horror mangas, which are I like horror mangas or just horror films. In the, horror, the horror, the horror. <laughs> so, did any of that same kind of thing go into the writing on on this record, the HM3 record? Uh not a whole lot. That the, actually a little bit of it, a little bit of it, but for the HM3, it was more of like I really want the I really like the '90s groove with all the other influences that I that I that I've heard throughout you know the years that that influenced that you know the composition in general. And you've thrown in a lot of pop covers too. Yes, to yes. Like you did uh, Bjork. Army of Me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super rad. You did. Uh, I remember after after he died, you did a really interesting version of Let's Dance. Yes, with yes. like you put in the live. I put in the live vocals, um, yeah. vocals from from uh, the original recording, and it, it's funny. I found it on YouTube, and then and this guy basically just uh, spliced all the different vocal parts from different pop music. Huh. And then just remove all the instrument so you can. Oh yeah. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's been uh, shut removed down by the copyright. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he. Yeah. I think he had. But anyways, before that, I was able to get that a big sample of David Bowie singing. That was a cool thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was really cool. And then we had uh, DJ scratch over that. I don't know if we had that. Like that was a different show. But anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so you're always looking to to f- augment your traditional trio set with other elements as well. Exactly, and that's another thing that's kind of cool with you know uh, with jazz in general is you put one one addition to the trio, it, it really changes the the dynamics, and it's kind of like a new a new thing to think about or to be able to uh, interact with. Is that the new element that's added? So you don't, you don't, you basically don't go to your same thing, mm. the same tendencies because there's a new thing. Right. It can it can push you in different directions. Yeah. yeah. And you cool. have used some other samples, um, like on the tune, the trio does "Fantastic Planet." Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You pulled some samples from, in there from that yes. animated, uh, that French animated movie. Right. I love that movie. It was such a great movie. I've, it's trippy. <laughs> It's, I've been trying to get like I'm trying to get that whole soundtrack. I want to get the the whole uh, score for it. I want to do something with that, but it's hard to find that score. Well, cool. where can people uh, find this record? Um, it's on iTunes, 
iTunes, uh, CD Baby, Amazon, uh, Spotify, I think. Cool. And I have a bunch if you guys knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get your address up right Discount. now. Discount. <laughs> what's the, uh, I, this is a bit of a silly question, but All right. what, what's the I'm difference? Done. What's, or sorry, what's the significance of the toy robots, the ribbits? This, okay. The robots. I yes. was just curious. I was just, that's not, this I'm is never, on. I've, on the album cover. Yes. yes. And I've never asked you this, actually. So I, so the idea with the robot was we are, we're kind of like, because uh, I did use, uh, watch a lot of, uh, I forgot the uh, the term for those Japanese show where big robots transform into, I mean, vehicle team basically transform into a ro- big like robot. Like a transformer? Yeah, transformer. Oh, but, but Voltron? Kind of like Voltron, exactly. all become one giant thing? Yes, so basically we were like, in my head, I'm imagining us as kind of like this big robot called Bioman. Is it Bioman? I think so, Bioman. But anyways, it's three robot, uh, three types of vehicle that transform into a, a, a robot. And basically we're all vehicles that transform into this big robot that sings and make music. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's not the answer I expected to get either. That's cool. It's really, it's really that uh, 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 trivial and calm. I dig that. <laughs> I dig that. Any um, any plans to record again? Yes. Um, and what I wanted to do is um, expand the, the the trio, maybe move away from a different a different sound. I'm more of like uh, gent. I don't know if you're familiar with gent. It's like, it's like metal basically, like Meshuga, polyrhythmic, heavy riff. But you know, always, it's not the same. You think it's a tempo. It's the tempo is there or the meter is there, but it's not the same meter all the time. Hmm. They always. It's kind of like, it reminds me of a little bit of um, what's that piano player, Tigran's Hamasan, kind of like where he sounds just like a metal. Uh, musician because he plays a lot of that polyrhythmic riff and yeah he has a really heavy sound yeah and he also does some like beatboxing and stuff too. right like, this is actually i mean wild. usually i would think that's really like cheesy but i he, know but it's incredible the way he does it yeah. he works it into his piano playing yeah he's super genty man i love his music sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh uh moving on and we'll hear some of this on our, our next clip um Speaking of conflict of interest, you and I are both in a project right. <laughs> that we produced, and we did a C- the CD for this came out about a year ago, or or the digital release or whatever, and the band is called Moth and Sons. Finally, a group uh, where you have a conflict of interest. Yes, yes, <laughs> finally. I get to shamelessly promote our, our own <laughs> stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pretend I'm interviewing you on this. <laughs> so this group, Moth and Sons, is more like a, a f- I guess it's a fusion-inspired group, but who plays in the band and, and what's the instrumentation? Um, I think we have Ian Tordella on the saxophone. <laughs> and then um, me playing the bass and electronics, Charles on drums, and um, Joey Carano on guitar and electronics. And... The first album was with Jeff Miles. So that was a very, very cool, Jeff Miles and Joey. So it had a very cool effect to it in terms of composition writing. Yeah, so the first record, and if you want to take a listen, it's at mothandsons.bandcamp.com. So you can hear stream all the tracks on Bandcamp. 
Um, I have a I have a very important question to ask: Who are the moths and who are the suns? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, uh, th- these, we haven't th- figured that out. These are the questions. These see, I I ask the hard hitting questions yes. here. Something that we haven't figured out. Nobody knows. Uh, but the the record the featured uh, a couple of your compositions, and one of the extended ones was. Things are sometimes strange, yes. which we're going to hear in a few minutes. True words were never spoken. What were some of the influences that went into this band, <laughs> or that go into this band, or the sound of this particular piece? Well, for the sound of that particular piece was inspired from the Netflix series called Stranger Things, and well, the, originally I wanted it to sound like uh, very eighties retro. And and basically the 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 melody that I wrote was not even in six eight was somewhere in four four with a slow backbeat and then I don't know what happened probably from just messing around I seem to like the melody in six eight so from there I just write you know all the different patterns which is not much but um, the idea is hocketing or or playing uh, a oh. continuous um, rhythmic grid that that you know basically we can interplay with and then have having some sort of um independent rhythmic pattern from from every uh instrument but you know locking in a general groove all the way through the end hocketing if if i remember correctly is sort of like when you have two different parts that kind of fit together like uh, like um like two puzzle pieces right, sort of yeah. where where there'll be one rhythm and then in the in the space between that rhythm will right. be notes from the other rhythm so exactly and one per one musician playing each yes right. yeah. Yeah. yeah so if you're not familiar with your music history that's <laughs> yeah. where it comes from Hockating. it's almost sort of like a bell choir where each person has one little individual right. part but but uh, more complicated rhythmically it's it's like also i mean it's a uh, big inspiration is obviously like um afro cuban uh, percussion yeah that, that that whole uh the whole rhythm section in afro-cuban percussion section is a i'm going to say it's a giant hocket even though i know that's not but, but, how you, no, that's not yeah. how you say it but no you i know. know yeah but exactly you but you hear it as an overall sound they're all cogs in a giant machine <laughs> it would be a cheesy way to say it but it is true like yeah. you put them together and they work and they make something bigger right. than themselves and it, uh, apply that with melodies you know with notes kind of like pattern fields and stuff yeah. Then you you create really cool, you know, sound like washing machine sound with. So on this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a washing machine exactly. Uh-huh. So on this particular tune, the washing machine, it was between you and uh, the guitarist Joey Carano mm-hmm. and Jeff Miles. And Joey always has a really percussive sound, right? And plays really interesting stuff. Like uh, on one part of of a tune on this record, he was like had his guitar in yeah. his lap and was was Those slapping songs, it. Huh? And, you know, I've seen him play guitar with an empty beer can before right. and things like that. So you never know what to expect. But here the, there's some sort of polyrhythm or different comping rhythms mm-hmm. happening between the bass and then the two electric guitars. Right. And, that, uh, and that's, that's, that's what kind of like the idea behind that is that whole uh, moving, moving rhythmic pattern. Yeah. You know? or, awesome. But then speaking of different influences and, and kind of smashing things together, the tune actually goes into a more like hard 
yes, hard exactly. groove or almost metal-ish yeah. section yeah. in the it's, middle. It's, it's sort of funny at that point. It's almost like that's the release, right? Of exactly. The is the is the hard groove, right? It, and that's basically for some reason most of my writing are like that, where stuff are happening in the beginning, and then all of a sudden at the end there's something you know like something like the tail end is not the ending basically it's just a new section a new beginning yeah like the, the tune i just want to dance when it goes into the right after yeah. the really weird like rhythm the drum rhythm that goes over the really intense like hemiola thing right, that goes right. over like the drum solo and then you metric modulate into that right yeah it just goes into this cool groove and you just groove out on that yeah it's, it's i love that <laughs> yeah it's so basically like i i look at uh, the beginning of tunes as as kind of like you're you're basically simmering the idea it's not the it's not the the overall pattern it's or or the idea is based on that one section of the song and then the, that's how i look at it you know uh one section of the song is an idea that can you you can let it simmer and then the ending part is not the ending part it's more of like a new beginning or uh, to be continued i guess that there's it's not the end yet but there's something else that's gonna happen at some point and i don't know when yeah kind of like that and i get that feeling on on a lot of your songs they're very programmatic and like through composed what you start with at the beginning is not going to come around right, necessarily yeah. as a head right quote-unquote jazz you know you play the melody and then solos and then you return to the same melody right, yeah. or even sometimes we do return to the same melody but it will sound it'll be in a completely different right, context exactly. I, I like that so. like like this the this you know tune that we're working on because me and ian are working on this new tune called things are sometimes strange too <laughs> that, sequ- that, that is it. Sequ- actually i've i've written season like two five tunes based on things on sometimes strange they're small pieces based on that Either six eight theme or hocketing mm. theme or mm. metric modulation met modulation theme type of deal. And what was I gonna say about the other two? Oh, things are sometimes strange. One basically, it starts with kind of like a what's this like Pino Palladino style pattern, and then it goes to Pino Palladino is of course the great like electric bassist, super groove dude plays with mm. plays with John Mayer, yeah. you know. Mr. Frosted Tips. Frosty Tips. He does have frosted tips, yeah. I think. <laughs> he does? I think so. Well, well, he did the last time I saw a picture of him. Well, you always hear Pino Palladino with uh, D'Angelo, or mm-hmm. he does some uh, quite a few things with Questlove. Right. So, yeah, so it's sort of that idea at the beginning, yeah, and then it the transforms into, it goes through a few other, yeah. to a few other places. Right. So let's take a listen to this tune. And again, you can hear this at mothandsons.bandcamp.com, and there are a few of Harley's compositions on the record. Uh, and this was all recorded live with the band in one room. We went to 16-track, two-inch tape with the assistance of Jordan and Dreen manning the board. Sorry. That's such a great way of recording, like, that approach. Yeah, it was super it's, fun. It's, it's, it's amazing. Except it's like, Charlie Weller on drums, he could barely hear me because I was all the way at the other <laughs> end of the room. That's true. I mean, <laughs> if we had better, like, monitor, I, I bet you, man. It's like... Just that sound in general, which I, it sounds so cohesive, I feel like.
You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. I'm Mandy Joe, and here's your jazz forecast for February 5th through the 11th. Monday, February 5th, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, and it's 21 and up. Tuesday, February 6th, the Havana Jam, an Afro-Cuban and Latin jazz jam session, kicks off downtown from 8 p.m. to midnight at Prohibition. Wednesday, February 7th, Guitarist Louis Valenzuela plays a concert at the University Community Library from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music is from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Also Wednesday, the Brad Steinway Big Band plays the music of Woody Herman at Dizzy's at 8 p.m. Cover is $20 or $15 for students. Thursday, February 8th, Lorraine Castellanos and friends play some jazz, Latin, and other favorites at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. Check out the new jam session at the Ken Club, hosted by saxophonists Robert Dove and Ian Buss. Music is from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. There's a $5 cover, but musicians get in for free. You must be 21 or older. Friday, February 9th. Pianist Mike Wofford continues his month-long residency at the Handlery Hotel and Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Featuring Rob Thorson on bass and Duncan Moore on drums. No cover and your parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, also sitting in this week as a special guest. Saxophonist Ralph Moore brings his quartet to the Athenaeum Music and Arts Library at 7.30, featuring pianist Eric Reed, bassist Mike Garola, and drummer Willie Jones III. Tickets are available at ljathenaeum.org. Don't miss it! Also on Friday, the Richard Thompson Quintet plays an evening of jazz spirituals at Dizzy's at 8 p.m., featuring Derek Cannon on trumpet, Tim Nunnick on tenor sax, Mac Layton on bass, and Charlie Weller on drums. Covers $20 or $15 for students. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate, an intimate series in the Plaza Bar at the beautiful Westgate Hotel. Music is from 8 to 11 p.m. Euphoria Brass Band and Surefire Soul Ensemble share a killer bill at Winston's in Ocean Beach. Music kicks off at 9.30 p.m. There's a $15 cover and you must be 21 or older. Saturday, February 10th. The Montalban Quintet plays their unique fusion of jazz, post-punk, minimalism, and other genres at Panama 66 from 7 to 9 p.m. Vocalist Allison Adams-Tucker plays downtown at the Westgate Hotel with pianist Hugo Suarez and Rob Thorson from 8 to 11 p.m. Sunday, February 11th. The Rob Thorson Trio plays a free concert at the Scripps Ranch Public Library at 2.30 p.m., featuring pianist Hugo Suarez and drummer Richard Sellers. Sassy Sunday with Lorraine Castellanos at the Turf Supper Club is from 8 to 11 p.m. Jazz standards for you at one of the oldest piano bars in the city. No cover, but you have to be 21 or older. This is Mandy Joe, and you can follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions Podcast.
You're listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast. Welcome back to San Diego Sessions from Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. We're coming to you from an undisclosed location outside of downtown San Diego. Within a hollowed out volcano base. (laughs) And remember, you can follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions Podcast. And please subscribe on iTunes. Our guest once again is Harley Magsino. And we heard his tune from the Moth and Sons record, Things Are Sometimes Strange. You You can also catch a video of that on YouTube if you put in Moth and Sons Things are sometimes strange. You can see it live in the studio. And under the jazz calendar, we heard something from Orchid Mantis featuring uh, Harley Magsino, Isaac Crow, Nina Leilani, and several other folks from around town. And that was I Just Want to Dance. And now, without further ado, we have our weekly segment, The San Diego Seven with Theodore Edward Theodore Edward. Theodore Kornhauser. Are you all right? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Edward Theodore Kornhauser. I thought you might have third. Been ha- I thought you might have been having a stroke there for a second. <laughs> did you hear uh, did you smell uh, toast burnt toast? Burnt burnt feathers? <laughs> I smell pennies. <laughs> uh yes, this is the San Diego seven. These are seven rapid fire questions. Oh shoot. We'd like not really rapid fire. Okay. But uh, we'd like you to answer them from the top of your head All right. and the bottom of your heart. All right. We'll see. This is basically like the weirder version of that James Lipton thing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Except I change them every week. Some of them. Number one, what was the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Um, coffee, basically. Yeah. That's always. And then I woke up to my broken computer. That oh, sucks. No. Oh, man. <laughs> but coffee usually That's, in the morning because yeah. I'm groggy. I just want to get up and go. And I'm like, oh, I need coffee. So yeah. we were talking before the show, your your audio workstation has yep. crashed. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> Got to go to the Apple store. I Which I hate doing. I think yeah. you just have to like face like Northwest and, and like lay out a prayer rug and pray to Steve I Jobs or something. I might have to do that. I might know? have to do that. Where, the, Steve Jobs, please make it work. Pray to the ghost of Steve Jobs. Yeah. M- maybe if I dust off my computer, it would work all of a sudden. Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? Yes, I did all that. <laughs> did you try restarting it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Wait, did you try turning it upside down and blowing Not yet. into it? <laughs> Not yet. I, maybe I should do it's that. It's basically like an NES cartridge. <laughs> Blow on it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Number two. <laughs> what was your first instrument? Drums actually was my first instrument. Really? Um, When I was in high school... Uh, or actually elementary, you know, played drums, but not like at, only in churches, you know, like because mm. they have it there because can't afford drums or it's too loud. Yeah, <laughs> we only have a guitar. But basically, my my mom played guitar, but I never picked it up. I love the drums. Wow! But this got, was a this was uh, this was like when I was a kid. Yeah, so this was in the Philippines. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and then and then eventually uh, I got into guitar playing later part of the uh, later part of high school. Nice, yeah, I know. And then I got in. I got so into it that I wanted, you know, I went and pursued classical guitar playing for years, and then I ended up as a bass player. Huh. <laughs> That's right. That is an interesting um, uh, journey. It is. Yeah. Uh, technically, they're similar electric bass, 
to guitar to I guitar mean, for classic guitar because you know you said somewhat similar but not all the way through uh and then uh obviously upright bass is a whole different instrument by itself right you know well, but yeah drums was my first yes because we've been playing examples of you all day on electric bass but you're also a very accomplished uh upright bassist as well right yes did i say electric well, yeah electric yeah you play both yes i play both uh number three uh you're also an amazing cook. Uh, do you have a favorite type of spice? Thai, Mexican, Indian, Korean, horseradishy, wasabi, something else? Mm, spice. What's your oh, favorite gosh. type of spice? What's your go-to That's spice? That's hard. I know, because they're all good. They're all so good. I, I stole that question. I asked that same one of Nate Hubbard. Sp- okay, we're talking about uh, type of spices or, or like a group of spices? Yeah, like a, what's your favorite type of heat? Heat. I love um, habanero. Mm. Uh, paprika, okay. um, cayenne pepper, obviously you know black pepper is great, and curry, any type of curry, masala or or the 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 yellow one. I forgot the name. Those are my favorite spices. And oh, I'm sorry, MSG. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your your cooking caused me to give up my vegetarianism that, one time. So there was there was there was one time long ago where your adobo maybe uh maybe go back <laughs> yeah sorry it really did it was, it was like oh my god this is incredible i can't stand the smell it's double. so good uh all right number four this is a this versus that mm-hmm. kind of like the beginning uh this versus that steve swallow or steven bruner and i'm curious do you know who steven bruner is yes i know who steven bruner you, do you know ian do you know who steven yeah. okay do you know I, who Ronnie Bruner is? No, I don't. That's where the action's at. Well, it's easy. I <laughs> I, I really love Steve Swallow because I, I I like how we transition from upright bass to electric with a pick and then make it sound so big that it sounds like an upright bass. And his compositions have this yes. really unique vibe. He's one of my yes. favorite composers in jazz. Yes, yes, yes. And I for for the time being, I tried emulating that pick sound because it was really cool sound. Still is he's still doing it. Stephen Bruner, just just so we clear this up, uh, goes by the alias uh, Thundercat. Yes, uh, really cool electric bassist and band leader. Yes, I, he, I mean he's cool. I mean I love uh, Stephen. I love all his music, but I think with the t- I just love Steve Swallow in terms yeah. of technique. He's the, he is the OG. Um, here's another this versus that. Okay. This versus that. Goku versus Trunks. Oh, wow. You're taking over my segment here, Ed. Damn. <laughs> That's hard. Uh, Goku is very, uh, he's always about his feelings. He's always angry. <laughs> but but tr- uh, Trunks is more logical. I, I, I would go with Goku. Nice. I love Goku. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I, I got to admit, I have no idea either. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, guys, is awesome. Oh, I, Dragon Ball Z. I yes. knew it was Dragon Ball Z, but I, I, I would not be able to answer answer that question. <laughs> okay. Number so, six. Hold on one sec. Did you know that a lot of the voiceover, at least back in the late 90s, most of the voiceover for Dragon Ball Z was done in a studio in the Dallas area? Oh, really? Yeah, and some people from, from Denton where I went to University oh. of North Texas, we're driving down 
to do Dragon Ball Z voices. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah, that I guess for awesome. uh, this must be for the English overdubs or something. Right, right. I was never that. In, I'm not sure because I was never a big Dragon That's Ball awesome. Z guy. But I, man, I could a drummer and bassist, drummer slash bassist. I know he he knew some people that were doing the voiceover mm. for Dragon Ball Z the, for the English overdubs. So. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I thought they were Canadian, but maybe I was wrong. Did did you see that thing online a couple years ago that? Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad fame uh, admitted that uh, some of his early gigs were playing villains, like costume villains, in Power Rangers episodes. Oh wow! It's not really? his voice, but he's the one in like the gold suit with the mask that fighting the awesome. Power Rangers, and then he, <laughs> he wound I up as Walter Brian White. Cranston. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, number six, and I might mispronounce this. Okay. Have you tried Balut? Yes, and I I I used. I used to eat it when I was a kid. Oh my god! Uh, but I had a bad experience with it. I, it looks like a bad experience. It just looks well, like a bad yes. experience. The whole that, thing. That's what. Here's what I'm telling you. For the duck, for the human, for everybody <laughs> who's eating it. Always eat it in the dark, dark places. Yeah, we well, can't the, see it. You can't see it. You just taste it. <laughs> oh Seriously, because if you see you know it, you bal- won't eat it. You know what balut is? I don't think I want to know. <laughs> it's not a fermented. Uh, Duck. Oh, it's fetus. a fertilized. Yeah, fertilized. Sorry, fertilized duck fetus, boiled. So you know, when you open it up, there's a cooked fetus in there, and the broth tastes like amazing. Oh my god! But yes, it is kind of gross, especially when you crunch into the beaks. Oh! <laughs> All right. <laughs> I immediately regret this. <laughs> If you have children listening, you may want to tell them to come back in five minutes. <laughs> oh, too late for the warning there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah I gotta love Balut. All right, let's move on. Let's finish this. <laughs> I feel sick. Number seven, our old standby. Bacon? Oh, well, I, what's the or? I don't think there's an or for bacon. No, just bacon. Is it ba- bacon? bacon? Bacon. Bacon it is. Bacon. Bacon. There's bacon. no other thing. Bacon is ba- a, another food group. I'm 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 for it. Harley Magsino, and we just heard a cut from the band Orchid Mantis's self-titled release, and that was a tune by Harley Magsino called You Said You Love Me, But You Never Really Meant It. That's right. Which is, that cuts deep, man. <laughs> hurts. Hurts bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, we heard some, uh, from that segment, we heard some some funky featured bass, and you guys, you and Isaac, crow the drummer were playing in like different times yes um the intro is wasn't is in seven i mean the whole tune like the first part is in seven 
but the drum parts are sometimes goes in seven, sometimes it goes in four. So who all plays in this band with you? Um, Orchid Mantis is Isaac Crow on drums, composition, me on bass and composition, but mostly it's Isaac. Um, Nina on vocoder and vocals. That's the core group. And then Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Crow plays cello and sings. Yeah. So I think we're we're gonna have Caitlin as part of the group as well, you know, because she does a lot of vocal parts and some rapping as well. I've seen you guys live, and it, it's it's cool. You the vocoder. I mean, on the recording, there's right. a lot of overdubs, both right. with the cello and with the vocals. But live, having the vocoder is like a happy, um, uh, what do you call that? Compromise. Yes, and it's it's. Um, because of, of all all the sounds that I can like I'm allowed to do <laughs> mm-hmm. it it makes it kind of like um it just makes the function of a bass player doesn't seem to be like, just like playing roots or bass line sometimes it's mel- melodies and and um uh textural uh stuff yeah, and you, and you use a lot of bass synth with this yes, project too. Yeah. yeah, I just love bass synth. Or even in that clip, there was definitely some stuff layered right, into your yeah. sound. What kind of effects were you using? So for then? that one, I had a bass synth, like the mic, micro bass synth. And then um, and then there's post-production stuff. I think uh, Isaac added some envelope filter to get that like wah sound. So that's yeah, that's basically. But there's other effects in between, you know. There's I, that's all I can remember in terms of what I use is, I think I plugged into uh, the uh, microsynth. But the rest, the other stuff is Isaac stuff, like post production. Oh, okay, yeah. But li- I mean, live. I, mean, I know ah, we were yes. talking about Steve Swallow, but live, you use a lot of cool like sub bass effects and, yes i and love synth bass or, or yeah taking the bass out of that role of right just, yeah of the what i call the quarter note donkey <laughs> <laughs> quarter note donkey. Wow. That, i that, like that <laughs> i think i think that nickname I is insulting term that you guys to donkeys <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are some quarter of the donkey. groups that influence uh like the band sound oh um it's a lot of uh drum and bass mm. and um drum and bass from what I remember when we started out, because this used to be kind of like me and Isaac used to play back then with another keyboard player named Chris Korsgaden. Oh, yes. This is the band that had a different name at every yes. show. Yes. And we try to do all this drum and bass, but it's kind of like it's all improvised. So now we're we're doing more drum and bass that's more written out. And all the influence are like Bjork, Goldie, Renaissance, Ronnie Size, um, Portishead, Portishead, yeah, um, Stereo Lab, all the '90s trip hop, Square all, Pusher, Square Pusher, you know, all the stuff that, or even Nerve, JoJo Mayer, you mm. know, um, are basically what influenced the group, um, I think. But I'm pretty sure Isaac would have something, you know, uh, would have a, you know, a far more expandable uh, list of influences. In, yeah. yeah, exactly. You, t- you talked about some of them when we were on the podcast. Oh, okay, I was curious okay. to get your, your answer too. Right. Where could people find the new record? It's I still th- relatively new. Yeah. Right. It's uh, iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, 
Or you can call Isaac for cassettes because oh, he's got what, some cassettes. He would. Yes. Oh, he yeah. Would, he would have cassettes. And on cassettes Bandcamp, awesome. it's orchidxmantis.bandcamp.com. Orchidxmantis. And you can other. stream the whole record. And incidentally, you can purchase it. So you can buy these guys a, a burrito. You know? Exactly. Yeah. They need that California burrito. Yeah. yeah. So That funky trip-hop jazz fusion is run on burritos. <laughs> exactly. What's uh what's what's next for the band? Like show wise or uh, recording? We just or? played on Friday. Sorry. We just played on Friday at Rosie O'Grady. That was fun. It was awesome. It was a great time. We had a great time. And then um we're doing uh, a new record. Our goal is we've been recording actually. Uh, I just recorded two songs yesterday. But um it's we we're thinking of spring two thousand eighteen releasing it. Cool. Okay, so coming up. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that new song of yours. Uh, I've seen you guys live a couple times. Oh. Uh, Power Tie. Yes, I love that song. About a, a certain um, figure yes. in, that's uh, in the news a lot. Yes. That may or may not be president. Mr. We'll, we'll see by spring, though. Yes. Uh, I hope he does. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, it's a cool song. It features yes. some rapping. Yes. Yeah. They're they're um summoning out their inner tank tank and bangers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with tank and bangers. Yeah, tank and the bangers. Tank and yeah. the bangers, sorry. Yes. Tank yeah, and very the cool group. Are you guys New speaking Orleans. Swahili? Yeah. What are you guys talking about? No, tank and, and the, bangers. the bangers. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great band, yeah, out of New Orleans. Mm. Yeah, sort of soul rap, neo soul, I don't know, but with that fun New Orleans, right. like, yeah. real positive groove yeah. mixed in. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'd just like to thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank this you for is, having me. This is this is fun. Yeah, this has been fun and, and, and insightful and enlightening. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to hearing some new music from you this year. And, uh, and Harley? Yes, sir. Just do it. Just do it. That's what I always say. Just, just do, do it. it. Everybody, just do it. Just do it. Listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company.
please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser, performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artists. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. In that halftime segment, that clip we were just hearing, your your baseline is actually overlapping his drums every other bar. Right. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scratching my head, counting on my fingers, but I only have five, so it's really hard for saxophone players to count. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. My other hand is busy. <laughs> I'll put that in. <laughs> We all are five-year-olds here, apparently, or twelve-year-olds, apparently. You just said that we all thought it at the same time. (laughs) I'll put that in as an outtake. No one, we all thought it at the same time, and no one wanted to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, My hands are busy too. My other hand is busy. Oh boy.